If you have a Bible or you have a phone with a Bible app on it, will you pull it out? We are going to begin this evening in God's Word in the Old Testament and hang out briefly in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, a very well-known Christmas passage. And we're going to start here, but not end there as we move our way through Scripture and, and be reminded of the goodness of God this evening. Hear the word of the Lord this evening. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. God's word says to us the following. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Thus far, the reading of God's word. Let's go to him one more time and say thank you for his word. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would amplify it in our lives this morning, this evening. Father, we are grateful to be in your house to celebrate your love and your kindness. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Three ways this evening. I think I got at least three good mornings. It just feels right to say good morning, you know, when you come to church, but it is good evening tonight. Three ways that God has shown his love to us at Christmas. Number one is this, God so loved, he gave. God so loved, he gave. And Isaiah, here in chapter 9, tells us that God, in his love, gave to us. Now, I don't know about you, but I would say that everybody loves getting gifts. I I would think that it's fair to say that everybody loves giving gifts, because in, in both directions, particularly the giving, it is an act of grace, it's an act of generosity, when we give someone else a gift. So kids... What kind of things are you hoping to get tomorrow for Christmas? Or or parents or adults, what are you most excited about seeing someone open and receive as a gift tomorrow at Christmas? Um, I have read that because of inflation, that Americans are actually spending less on their Christmas and their Christmas gifts uh, this year. Um, However, the National Retail Federation still estimates that Americans will spend about $950 billion on Christmas presents this year. $950 billion. I think it's fair to say that we consider a number like that, that sometimes in our culture we can maybe unintentionally or perhaps intentionally, we can make the celebration more important than the person that we are celebrating, or we can make the the gifts more important than the gift giver. Presence under the tree can become more important than the greatest act of generosity that the world has ever or will ever see. See, Christmas would have no meaning without God and His one amazing gift. And Christmas is, in fact, more about just our giving, more than the gifts under the tree, more than the happiness that it will inevitably bring, but it is about the historical, world-changing fact that at Christmas, in love, God gave. The prophet Isaiah tells us precisely how. He says, to us a son 
is given. See, the Bible tells us that an amazing gift giver, God is an amazing gift giver because he loves you. God gives because he is a generous and loving father who loves to give give good gifts to his children. And so here, God the Father gives to us God the Son. Not a last-minute thought, not a a last-minute purchase on Christmas Eve. No, no, a plan that God had put together in his triune nature before the foundations of the world. His covenant promises, an unbreakable promise that he would and has fulfilled. And so Isaiah, the prophet who, who speaks and who writes 700 years before the very first Christmas, he tells us that a son would be born and that that son would govern the world. Not that he's going to be elected president, but rather that he will bring in his own government, his own kingship, his own rule, but that it will be a wonderful as well as a mighty rule. Sometimes we see people who are incredibly kind, but they lack any power to to carry it out. Or sometimes we see people that are incredibly powerful in this world, but they certainly lack kindness. They lack mercy. But here, God has promised that there is one who will come that will be both perfectly powerful and mighty and have all authority and be close and be merciful, to be loving and to be kind, that he will bring peace and compassion, healing, and everlasting life to all who will trust him. Can you imagine getting those words, getting that prophecy from the prophet Isaiah, not knowing when it would be fulfilled, but the reality of waiting and waiting, 700 years more of waiting until that present would arrive. Some of you guys can't even wait till tomorrow morning for that present. But the greatest of all gifts God so loved, he gave. And in the case of Christmas, I have good news The present has already come. Number two, God so loved, he came. God so loved, he came. If we fast forward to the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew tells us exactly how he came. Listen to Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 23 says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Quote, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God so loved, he came. Matthew quotes Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 and says that that prophecy from Isaiah has been fulfilled in this scene here recorded in Matthew chapter 1. A real son a historical moment, a universe, and lives changed eternally. God so loved, he came. God so loved, he gave himself. Jesus, fully God and fully man, is is born into a broken and sinful world, and he is given the greatest gift of all time, 
himself. He has come to save us from our sins, says Matthew and says Isaiah. And it's a free gift, not one that we can earn or that we deserve. Pastor Holt Joel Hunter says it this way, Christmas, like grace, is when we get what we don't deserve. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus fulfills the promise of God with us. I remember being a kid and and looking forward to Christmas, and I remember Christmas morning, and obviously, like all kids, I loved opening up gifts. And and now as a parent, I can say that I absolutely enjoy far more the gift giving and seeing the excitement on my kids' faces or on other family or friends' faces, seeing their joy when I get to give them a gift. But I will say this, parents, children, husbands, wives, friends, what we need far more than your gifts, what we need far more than your stuff is you, right? The most important thing that you can possibly give to your kids. Toys are great, but parents, what what your kids need more than any new toy is is you in their life. Husbands and and wives, not presuming who's getting what, but just to say a new tool is nice, a, a new piece of jewelry is nice, but husband, what your wife needs most is you. Wife, what your husband needs most is you. I would gladly give up any and every possession that I have Uh, if it meant being able to keep a friend, to keep you as friends, you who sit in this room with us tonight, your presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, your presence is so much better than any present, P-R-E-S-E-N-T, than you could ever give. So how much more when it comes to Jesus? That Jesus didn't send us a self-help book, He didn't send down positive vibes. He didn't send down a a, a book on how to get rich quick. He came himself to live and to be with us. The Bible says this in John chapter 1 and verse 14 about Jesus. It says, the Word, capital W, referring to Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It comes from a really important Hebrew word there, that that phrase, dwelled among us, comes from a word in Hebrew that that translates as tabernacle. And the tabernacle in the Old Testament for the Jewish people was the, the most important place. It was this special tent where people would gather because God's presence was contained within that tent. And in the book of John, speaking to the Jewish people and to the whole world, He says to all of us that Jesus has come to tabernacle, to be with you, to dwell among you. And not only that, he says, I will never leave. Third and finally, God so loved he gave, God so loved he came, and God so loved that he is with us always. If we go from the very beginning of Matthew, gospel, chapter one, Jesus has come to the very end, Matthew 28, and Jesus is leaving in some sense. Here, what is most often referred to as the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says this, Jesus came and said to them, speaking to his disciples and to all of us as his followers today, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold. Sometimes we leave the end of this phrase off and forget the importance of it, but Jesus says, behold, 
take a look, open your eyes and see, I am with you always. God so loved he gave. God so loved he came. And God so loved that he will be with you always. See, the great commission here, the great co-mission is a promise that Jesus says, I will be with you always. And by my power, I send you out. And by his grace, we are invited to, to join with Jesus in his mission to see sinners saved from their sins by his grace and to see new and more disciples made around the world. Not that I or we can save anyone on our own. Not that I or any of us are somehow better than anyone else, but rather that if we have experienced God's grace, it is because we know the only one who can save. And God has invited us to share that same good news, to share the person of Jesus with those who are around us. We know the one who so loved that he gave. I can introduce my friends, my, my family, my classmates, coworkers, people I've just met. I can introduce them to the love and the kindness and the grace of the Savior of the world. Because God so loved, he is with us always. Jesus promises there at the very end of Matthew, he says, I am the king. I've been given by my Father all authority. So God, Jesus, the Lord of all creation, has come down out of heaven to be with you and I and to stay. You know, Jesus didn't have to come. He didn't have to pay us any attention. He chose to in love. And we're told in the New Testament at the very moment of our salvation that he gives all believers the Holy Spirit, God himself, to be with us always. And then Jesus promises to return one day to take us home, to be with him eternally in a very real place called heaven. He is always with us to take the love and the generosity of Jesus to the entire world. Maybe you know, if you don't know, there was a Christian who was probably born around 280 AD, a long time ago, who became the bishop of Myra, M-Y-R-A, in what is now modern-day Turkey. On December 6th, he passed away, and that day long since has been celebrated uh, on a day that is known today as St. Nicholas Day. Many legends have been told about St. Nicholas, including things like he brought children back to life, he destroyed pagan temples, saved sailors from death at sea. Those are all fairly unlikely, I would say, but there is one that would seem more probable. You might guess that he was a very generous gift giver born to a wealthy family, or so we think, who gave his family fortune away to those who were in need. St. Nicholas reminds us what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Christ, that we have experienced the richness of God's mercy, and we cannot help having experienced the free gift of God and his generosity to live it out with our words and our lives and show others that same kindness and mercy. And I would say if you have never before tonight received that free gift of mercy from God, let tonight be the night. See, the Bible says this. I've quoted it without mentioning it, but John 3.16, probably the most well-known verse in all of Scripture, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That is the promise. God so loved, he gave his only son. God so loved, he came into this world to be with us. God so loves that he promises to be with us always. You know, what, what little we actually know about the historical St. Nicholas, I can imagine if we could talk with him today, he would at least be disturbed to know how much his legend of generosity has usurped the reality of Jesus Christ and his incredible generosity in the hearts of many. But here is what we know. The greatest gift that we need is not presence under the tree. The greatest gift that we need is salvation through substitution. Jesus Christ came into this world, lived the perfect life, and died on the cross, willing to be your substitute and stand on the cross and take the punishment for sins that you and I deserved so that we can experience eternal life, forgiveness of sins, hope, the depth of the reality of Christmas. So if you will repent of your sins, says John 3.16, and believe in what Jesus has done for you, you will not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Will you receive him this evening? The gift is free. It is made available by his kindness and his grace. And if you've experienced the gift of Jesus at Christmas, then I encourage you as you celebrate this evening and tomorrow and this whole week, remember that the greatest of all presents that you ever have or ever will receive is the gift of the Son of God come to save the world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for coming down. Thank you for the reality of John 3.16 that you, Lord God, you so loved the world that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place for our sins that we might have eternal life. Thank you that at Christmas we celebrate that Jesus has come, that you have given, that he has come, and that he is returning one day to take us home. Thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to be with us and to be with us always. Thank you that Jesus is the greatest of all gifts. And Father, I pray if there is anyone here tonight who is struggling, who is hurting, who is feeling overwhelmed by guilt or by shame or the troubles of this life, Father, that they might cry out to you even this evening and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. I want to turn from my sin and I want to turn to you. I want to follow you. I give my life to you. I take myself off of the throne. I'm tired of trying to be king. It's not working. When I do it my way, it doesn't work. So I want to make you in charge of my life. And Father, I pray for all of your people gathered here this evening, Lord, that that whatever difficulties or joys they have faced this week, Lord, that you would fill our hearts afresh this evening with the joy and the goodness of Christmas. Thank you, God, that you gave, that you came, and that you are with us always. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.